0: Hello and welcome to The Over Under Achievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy. Joining me as always, letting a college girl surreptitiously grind on his lap. Actually, it's just me today. Uh, Nobody's grinding on anybody's lap, but it is just me today. Um, I'm recording this Saturday night, but I just wanted to run a check-in because, as you may or may not have noticed, we've been away, beloved listeners. But I promise we have our reasons. just wanted to check in, see how everybody's doing. There's been some major stories dropped that we haven't been able to comment on. Um, so I just wanted to reassure you that um, reports of our demise have been greatly exaggerated. To um, give some context. Uh, so two weeks ago, you know, guys, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I had a mystery virus that uh, it... Uh, so for Monday through Friday, I had 102 temp and I had a COVID cough. Um, and I just assumed this was it. I had COVID. And like I'd finally, you know in the 632 months that the pandemic has been on, I've avoided it, you know, knock on wood. Um, but this was my time. You know, I had, uh, I had to make my peace with God and everything. And acknowledge that um, even though I'm vaccinated, I, I had uh, acquired COVID. Um, lo and behold, I had not though. Um, I took four COVID tests, all negative, went to a walk-in clinic, to teledoc, all that good stuff. Uh, it turns out I just had a nasty virus. Um, so that really, I'll be honest with you, your boy here likes to uh work and run and gun and uh burn the candle at both ends that really put me on my butt uh put me on my uh, a word you know for a little bit and uh um thankfully you know andre and jason were very understanding um i tried to move recording i think six different times and they were accommodating every single time um but as we all kind of group decided uh me and uh, feverish, um, sweating on the, on the, uh, recording and really not making any sense. That's probably not a great look for an episode. So, um, we, uh, opted to cancel. And the problem with that was, uh, so that was two weeks ago this week I've been in the mountains. Um, and I I knew, um, that was going to be a weird week. So it was one of those worst case scenarios Where uh, recording was just difficult, you know, and as always, Jason and Andre have jobs and they have families and they have hobbies and they have things they have to do. Um, So uh, it was a tough, it was a tough two weeks, but I appreciate grace and patience. So um, I've been in the mountains. I'm back now. Um, We were in the mountains uh, celebrating fall break. I was desperately Trying to remember Jason's advice about bear fighting, so brown, black, all the bears, I just fought them all. Turns out Smoky Mountain bears ain't played nobody, so they were uh, not that difficult of a takedown. Um, so instead of a full blown episode um, today, um, instead of a full blown like delay and just like disappearing for two weeks and be like that was weird, um, I just want to pop in, address a couple things, break some news, just see how everybody's doing, um, things like that. So you know, I thought the best way to um, uh, to do this is I want to talk about things that we've been right about. I want to talk about things we've been wrong about and just uh, touch on some issues, uh, namely Urban Meyer pun intended, um, just things like that. I don't know that when we come back, because we'll be back this week um, better than ever, I don't know that we'll be able to reach back and talk about, honestly, like it's one of the great regrets of my life that um, I had a fever the week Urban Meyer decided to um, let a college girl grind on him in a, in his own restaurant. like. I'll never forget myself. Truly. That was, that was a failure. And I apologize. And I'm looking, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do my research and I'm trying to look inward and, and, you know, acknowledge the failures that I had. Um, but the idea, like, look, that was so crazy because we had like multiple angles, you know, we had, is it urban Meyer? Is this a deep fake? It was urban Meyer. And then we had like, was this a black flag campaign where he's trying to get fired because who, doesn't honestly I'd, i'd never heard more rhetoric about like coaches not flying back with their team like i understand like that's what you're supposed to do but people were acting like he urinated on the american flag and then lit it on fire and then like dry humped it it was tremendous the discourse that we were not allowed to be a part of and hand up that's me that's my bad that's my fault and i will take that to my grave i will i will probably think man back in 2021 when my sickness disallowed us from being able to talk about Urban Meyer and Grindgate. Um, That's one of the big regrets. And then I'll probably breathe my last breath and I will expire and shuffle off this mortal coil. That's something I'm dealing with. But honestly, guys, I don't even know what I was talking about. I don't know how I got here, but um, so I I think I just wanted to talk at length. I want to touch on some issues that we missed. Um, So kind of cleanse the palate so that we can start back um, this week when we record this week. And not feel like we're trying to uh, cram like three works, three weeks of content into one episode. Um, And then uh, at the very end, uh, we have a very exciting special announcement about a collaboration we're going to have on the feed coming up. So um, without further ado, let's start, let's do, uh, we'll alternate and we'll go things that we've been right about. First up, obviously, is that Georgia is number one in all the land. I don't want to step on any um, future content, um, uh, things that will be appearing on the feed. But um, as of right now, uh, Georgia has dispatched Kentucky. Uh, We're not really going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about how, um, you know, as a group, as a podcast, as a collective, um, Jason, Andre, and myself, um, we've both been on the, or we've all, all three of us been on the Georgia bandwagon. Now, um, that being said... um, it's a weird year. So um, I, this can go two ways. One, this is exactly the kind of year where Georgia wins the Natty. Or number two, this is the year where something happens and Cincinnati ends up in the national championship and we don't really know what happened. Um, it's just one of those weird, fluky years. Um, look, Georgia has the look. Um, they, We've been riding them all year long. Um, I think we stayed away in this game just because that line was really big. And I think Kentucky's decent. And that was one of the trashiest, trashiest um, uh, garbage time touchdowns. And I feel like Mark Soup's uh, should be held uh, in like prison or Guantanamo on a war crime because that w- if you'd had money on it, I did not. But if you'd had money on that and you lost the cover um, because uh, of that garbage time touchdown, my thoughts and prayers go out to you. But that being said, that defensive line—it's one of those—you know, the, uh, this is gonna be a weird reference, but I'm just gonna do it anyway. Um, they remind me a little bit of the mid '90s Nebraska teams, you know, with the Tommy Frazier and the Brooks Bollinger, No, I'm sorry, Brooks Behringer. Um, uh, quarterback combo where the quarterback play was a little shaky, but it didn't matter because running game was really good and the defensive line was really good and the defense was really good. Georgia's defense is certifiably nasty. They're so good. They're so oppressive. They're so intimidating. Um so I like that we've been on Georgia being number one in all the land. Um I it goes without saying Andre Three Sacks is Um, He is in a different state of being right now. Honestly, he is like in college football nirvana right now. So, you know, if you see him, don't make eye contact with him. I just, he might be too powerful. You know, his, his hopes and dreams and the glory that he's feeling right now, it might be too powerful for one person to have to reciprocate. So just avoid him at all costs. But that being said, um, we're really, we're flying pretty high right now um, because, you know, uh, one of the major predictions we have for this college season is looking good so far. Okay, something, uh, speaking of college football predictions, uh, something we've been wrong about, um, Alabama, you know, uh, and it's not It's not even like that Bama sucks now or anything. Bama's fine. They just got uh, really uh, donkey punched by uh, Texas A&M, and it's not so much that we were wrong about that, g- I mean, we were, we were wrong about the game. It's not so much we were wrong about Alabama, they're just young, and I think um, you just start to take for granted the Bama machine, you know, and five seconds watching that game, you could tell Texas a and looked like they were shot out of a cannon. The reason we were really wrong about that, though, was because, and I think I talked about this a little bit in the podcast episode, if you guys listened, um, we had, I don't know, maybe five different bets, all including, um, five different parlay bets, all including Bama, just because that's the thing you do. You know, you just include Bama as a temple, just a little bit of getting that odds down. And we just relied on that. So it really, um, threw a loop in all of our plans, all of our betting and gambling plans. Now that being said, it was fun to watch, you know, um, I did have some issues and I started watching midnight Na- midnight mass because, um, it was tough to watch all my bets, uh, last weekend crashing, and burn. Um, luckily, we were protected, and we had you know some other action going on on the side. But um, you know, I I think because right now uh, they're playing Mississippi State as we as I speak to you, as my um, words go to yours and God's ears. They're playing Mississippi State. They look fine. Um, I don't you know. I don't know. I I, I don't know about this family team. I think. I, it's it's hard to equivocate and be like, where are they at? I think they're going to be in the mix. Um, but Andre said it best when we were talking on a thread um, after last week's game. He talked about how now it takes the pressure off Georgia to have to beat them twice. Right now, Georgia theoretically can get away with beating them once and not have to see them again. And I think, you know, when you're talking about pathway to the national championship, that's the kind of thing you want to look at. And I do think in a year of a lot of variance... Um, The idea that they've been denuded a bit, you know, that there's no margin for error. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know how they factor in. I don't know, honestly that any like we know any team right now because Oklahoma from two weeks ago um to now with a different quarterback and I'll just go ahead and segue into things we've been right about um uh, Oklahoma looks like a completely different team with Caleb Williams at quarterback right and that was one of the things I'm proud of because we talked about how Spencer Rattler just had the stink eye just didn't look great just didn't love his vibe didn't love his look didn't love his teammates vibe about him um all the scuttlebutt all the buzz about him was that no one likes playing for him no one really enjoys him in the huddle uh now Caleb Williams goes in against Texas um, and so far tonight, he's looked really, really good. And I think he brings a dimension to the Oklahoma offense that they've been missing. That being said, I don't know, you know, can they compete um, on that Georgia level? Can they can they compete on that Alabama, even Ohio State uh, level? I don't know. Um, but I like, um, I don't know. I think a lot of times we... Uh, datafy, you know, sports, and we um, make it into analytics and things like that. There are a lot of, especially in college football, the intangibles aspect, the, um, the variance of emotion, you know, and I'm thinking about um, LSU in Florida today, where all signs pointed to Florida was going to dump truck LSU, but LSU is like that wounded animal, you know, like that wounded Cajun animal, where people don't exactly understand, they don't know what they're saying, but they know there's a little bit of blood drawn. They're backed into a corner, and nobody puts Coach O in the corner. Um, so you got to watch out. They're a dangerous animal. So um, I, I don't know. I think the the idea that this Oklahoma team has a pretty good defense. I mean, a decent defense. Um, this is a, a guy who bet the uh, under in the Texas Oklahoma game, and I lost that by like six minutes in the first quarter. Um, but I think they have a better defense, and I think um, I still think they have a really good coach. And I think a quarterback that doesn't just like piss people off and doesn't like rub people the wrong way. That's a valuable thing. That's a valuable asset. And I I have no quantifiable data to back that up with, but I just like the look a lot better now than I did with Spencer Rattler. And, you know, like, I don't know Spencer Rattler, right? Like, I've never met the guy. Um, I'm sure he's fine and decent, but it sucks how this played out, but it it, it felt like a long time coming, you know? And it felt like the logical conclusion of a guy who just... (laughs) There, you know, look. One of our friends uh, here at the Over Achievers, we have a friend named Scott, and uh, I wrote about Scott in the in All Things Reconsidered. And uh, Scott just has one of those personalities where um, he just—it's uh, like a subconsciously volunteers to be the whipping boy, right? In any situation, if a manager is going to flip out on our group, they always flip out on Scott. I'll never forget being in a convenience store with Scott and. All of us were kind of like joking around. It was late. It was actually my bachelor uh, weekend. We went to Atlanta, went to a Braves game, and we were going back to where we were staying. And we were just getting some drinks, you know, like some Cokes and like some waters or whatever uh, before we went back to the hotel room. And, you know, we were being a little rowdy, but not like overly rowdy. Um, and the guy doesn't say anything to any of us. And Scott really wasn't doing anything, but Scott pulls up to the, uh, to the checkout counter and the, the guy just screams at Scott and tells him to get out and like knocks the Coke out of his hand and just tells him to get out and don't come back. And that's just the kind of person that Scott is. That's kind of what Spencer Rattler feels like. He just feels like a guy where you just don't want to be with him. You just don't want to play with him. He's got um the pretty boy look he's got the like millennial. He, he feels like the millennial let me post this to the gram i'm doing it for myself doing it for the brand and his play hasn't backed it up yet so i feel a little bad because man like we're talking about number one overall pick now and he's been supplanted and i guess he's going to be in the transfer portal and i don't know where he's going to go uh, it's been a, a precipitous fall from grace but you know i guess that's what it is all right, something we've been wrong about. Um, John Gruden. We were wrong about John Gruden. We are wrong about the Raiders. Um, not, not that we were like, John Gruden's incredible. We were just like, the Raiders are legit. I remember saying, the Raiders are legit. I remember exchanging textual messages with Jason and saying, should we bet on the Raiders to win the AFC? Because they have the look. They're really, really good. Everything seems very simpatico. Everything seems very peaceful. Um, I feel like they're a well-oiled machine. Cut to two straight losses, leaked emails, um, and John Gruden unceremoniously resigning. So, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I haven't really done this super deep, deep dive about, um, all the emails. I know enough, that, um, obviously the emails are terrible and the things he said are ridiculous. Um, and he deserves to resign because it's just, gosh, like what a, what a gross, gross situation. Um, uh, some of the things he said, some of the things he um, emailed, some of the exchanges he had with Bruce Allen, which everybody knew Bruce Allen sucked. Um, but like the degree to which he sucked and look the stuff with Jeff Pash, like the NFL, um, I guess attorneys or lawyers or whatever, that's going to rear its ugly head. Um, so I, I don't want to like speculate or invite conspiracy knocks in and not like and gloss over um the grossness that is john gruden um and his emails which they were gross and he should have resigned um and he doesn't really deserve to work in the nfl probably ever again just because um a i don't think he's that good and b like when you talk like that like you just deserve to be um a little bit um so along with that the weirdness of um nobody else in, in that massive treasure trove of emails nobody else was implicated is very interesting i think the ap news reported a day or so ago that no um no other coaches or a- a- any kind of personnel um said anything offensive which i just refuse to believe um uh, the wording was interesting because was like no current personnel no current coaches or anything so i thought well that um, is a backdoor entry to uh other people being super problematic that maybe we won't get into um but i think more than anything it's weird. Somebody has it out for John Gruden um, and either had like a moral quandary of like, I just really have to go after this guy because this is so disgusting and despicable or whatever, or they just really didn't like John Gruden stipped him at a Hooters one time or like threw a corona at him or something. And he was like, now is my time to get revenge. Um, because those, and look how the NFL handled this, because I think they knew in June or something, and they, they knew the summer and they just now chose to deploy it. That's kind of strange. I feel like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. In terms of why this happened when it happened that i'm more interested in but you know that being said look just full stop john gruden sucks and uh, i don't think anybody's surprised because he seems like that guy he seems exactly like that guy sending those emails um to people and being problematic um, misogynistic homophobic um racist all of those things i'm not surprised and i feel like most people are probably not stunned um uh, to hear the things that he was writing when the news came out Okay. Uh, something we've been right about. Um, I, I don't even know if we can say we've been right about urban Meyer. It just, it feels so obvious, you know, like if you could bet on this, the odds would be like minus 10,000 that he was going to suck at this. So I, f- I don't feel like we should do a victory lap. Um, but I feel like we should at least acknowledge, and this is just really a, uh, a byproduct of, or a through line to be able to talk about urban Meyer, urban Meyer, um, coaching in the NFL has been so bad. He's he's actually um, surprised me. He's um, lowered my expectations um, for the job he's done, and just some of the stuff where some stuff that's come out in the clubhouse um, of how he described uh, his uh, indiscretion at the restaurant and lied to the players, um, and then the later uh, camera angles came out to uh, deny his uh, explanation of what happened. It's just you know, and I think. I was kind of rooting for uh, him to go to USC. I think that's kind of off the grid now just because I don't think USC can go anywhere near this guy. That was before, you know, Grindgate and everything like that. Um, I think USC has to make a big boy hire and they have to make an adult hire. And Urban Meyer just seems pretty radioactive at this moment. And I think, you know, obviously I was advocating, let's put... Um, uh, money on Matt Nagy or uh, Urban Meyer, first coach fired, um, we would have lost that money because of John Gruden, which is why gambling, you know, which is why they, they keep building really big casinos, is because dumb dums like me think like it's pretty simple when we got this all figured out. Um, I still I don't know how he comes back. I honestly don't know how he finishes the season. Um, I feel like it's been such a disaster. And um, I, I think the bigger question is are we going to have a situation where Urban Meyer self imposes? Um, like I got to go because I have a migraine heart attack, um, uh, hemorrhoid or something, or is this going to be where the Jaguars are like, Hey, you got to go. This sucks. You suck. This is the worst. Um, you're actively truncating Trevor Lawrence's development, which some of the hilarious press conferences where our Myers, like Trevor Lawrence is scared to run a quarterback sneak and Trevor Lawrence is like, no, I'm not scared to run a quarterback sneak. I don't know why he's saying that. It's just it feels like if I was a NFL head coach, you know, and I have no bona fides to do that. Um, but just the mis-messaging, um, someone who just seems so in over his head. Um, and I feel like it really has drawn a disparity between the differences between NFL coaching and college head coaching. Not that, um, college head coaching is easy, but it's just a very different skill set. And I feel like you can get away with some things that you cannot get away with in the NFL. And I feel like this is man, like he's making Steve Spurrier look like Jimmy Johnson, you know, and it's just, it's just a bad situation. And I, (sighs) I, I'm I'm just, I, I'm not a big fan of delaying the inedible, uh, not inedible. I mean, I, I guess I am. I, I do like to delay the inedible because who likes to eat inedible stuff? But I'm also um, not a big fan of delaying the inevitable because it's like, if you know you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it, right? Like, what is the, what's the benefit? Like, is Urban Meyer going to turn around and the Jags are going to go on a run? No, unless you know the idea here is maybe just let Urbmeyer cook and do his thing and get another number 1 overall pick that's an interesting idea and then you can cut him loose um i don't know but it's just like it otherwise go ahead and cut the dude loose move on from him and just chalk it up to that was a bad uh, bad decision um it didn't work out well but we learned a lesson here and the lesson is college head coaches it, it's weird because i feel like the college game and the NFL game are becoming much more, um, synchronous in terms of strategy and especially offensive football. But in terms of the, uh, I guess the level of engagement to your players, um, and the, uh, leverage that you have over college players versus the complete lack of leverage you have with the NFL players, that's never been greater. And I feel like schematically you think you can get away with it. Um, but actually like the emotional, uh, intelligence or the emotional IQ that it comes with, I'm um, talking to, you know, a 35 year old man who has made, I don't know, a hundred million dollars and like, you know, screaming at him to like run to the water trough because like it's practice and you run on the field. That's just not going to happen, you know? So, um, I think move on from my, I, I'm not even going to pat ourselves on the back. I'm just going to do like a light, like a, like a two finger tap on the back. Uh, just because I don't, I don't know that we just recredit credit when something was super obvious. Okay. Last thing, uh, that we've been wrong about, and, and I'm going to say we, I really mean me because I don't really know Jason and Andre didn't have like a hard stance on this one, but I did. I I was very bullish um, about the Patriots coming into the season, not because I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not. I'm a Tom Brady fan. I just thought the infrastructure was there. I thought um, all the, uh, COVID opt-outs, they would be back like Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, people like that. Um, I thought the offensive line had been reinforced. I thought Mac Jones, um, was, uh, going to be a co- good quarterback. Mac Jones is, I, I feel like he's playing well. And I, I do have a, um, rookie of the year, uh, uh future on him. I also had a Bill Belichick future, uh, uh coach of the year, uh, bet that I went ahead and cashed out because, uh, I just don't th- think that's happening. Um, you know, really, um, <sighs> A lot of that was a bet on the past excellence of Bill Belichick um, and not really commentary on Tom Brady. It was just that I thought Bill Belichick is motivated, um, the Patriots system, and the Patriots schematic advantages will come to play here. Um, Really, the thing I I didn't realize, though, was the brain drain that's gone on in New England of um, executives, of coaches, of people just... Um, over time, the uh, war of attrition that has come with the uh, schematic um, approach in New England. That's been a real deal. And, you know, look, there's just a, there's not a lot of explosive talent up there just because that's not how Bill Belichick does stuff. And I think when you're talking about the NFL, you're talking about a game of inches, and you're talking about a game um, where a couple different plays can change the, the course of a game. When you have a transcendent talent like Tom Brady, I think that can cover up a multitude of sins. Now that you don't have that, it's getting, it's getting exposed a little bit. So, um, it's not that I'm, uh, not impressed with Mac Jones. I really still feel like he's going to be very good. It's more that I think the totality of, um, our expectation of, uh, New England over the last couple decades, that's starting to, um, bear negative returns and negative dividends, you know, and I think something I'm learning as I, as I gamble a little bit more is beware of the team, um, that, you know, has had historical, uh, don't gamble on historical success and ignore the future or the, the, the present receipts, right? Like I've been trying to, to acknowledge that with the chiefs right now. I'm just figuring out what is it about them? Like, what can I rely on? And what is, um, what are the troubling signs when I see the troubling signs? And I think the, the Patriots have a lot of troubling signs right now. I still think they're a decent team, but you know, more than anything, and this is really just like a curated recommendation I would offer to everybody right now. I'm going to, I'm going to green light this next week, um, on the podcast, but Uh, I just finished a book um, over fall break uh, by Seth Wickersham. I've been talking about a couple different places. I've been really looking forward to it. Um, It's called It's Better to Be Feared. Um, And it's his uh, really, man, it's like almost his uh, deep dive Bible of covering the Patriots for uh, over 20 years. Um, You know, he's covered uh, some other teams and some other stories, obviously, but he's really been there from the beginning of the Tom Brady era and the Bill Belichick era. So he has this amazing context on Bob Kraft, on Bill Belichick, and uh, on Tom Brady. Um, I think if you've ever looked for the comprehensive view of the Patriots. Um, even if you're not a Patriots fan, if you're just like the palace intrigue of it all, the um, the greatest head coach of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time um, and Bob Kraft who, you know, got a couple handies uh, in Florida and got arrested and it was a whole big deal. If you're interested in that stuff, this is where it's at because you get insight and perspective on the humanity of all those people, of those guys and how... It's funny how you can be considered like the greatest of all time, but all you want is a little appreciation and um, all you want is a little like freedom to do your job. And I feel like I just, I found it very interesting how um emotionally coddled we all need to be regardless of who we are um so i would really recommend checking that book out um on amazon um I, honestly it would have been an audiobook listen because it sounds like the greatest podcast ever but i really just want to own it for my personal library so i went ahead and bought it uh, and read it like an animal um but either one would be good so um so that's um, that's something. That's the last thing that we, and when I say we, I mean, I have been wrong about. Um, last thing here before I go. Um, uh, so we're going to have, um, we're going to be back next week, you know, just as usual. I'm going to be uh, Thursday morning. I'm going to have, or Thursday afternoon-ish, I'm going to have a Survivor recap. Um, and then Friday, we're going to have uh, our Overunders, uh, Over-Under Achievers episode, just like as normal. Um, but on Tuesday, we're going to have a special uh, treat, a special guest. So our most recent hire at the podcast Media Group, it's been, uh, not recent, I mean, recent It is the most recent, but it's been several months now. Uh, Madison Browder, she uh, is uh, one of our editors, along with Terrence Jackson. Uh, Madison handles um, our Wednesday episode edits. So, you know, Jamie and I record on Mondays. Right, and then uh, I send it over to Madison she chops it up um, puts the music to it and everything like that and then I give it another listen just because I'm um, high maintenance like that um, but she's handling a lot of our um, she's really saddling uh, a lot of the duties with Terrence um, about getting all of our uh, Patreon and our podcast content out. Um, Madison as it turns out is not just an she's also a podcaster and she's uh, her and her brother Pierce have a very excellent podcast called Bragging Rights and that I would highly recommend. Um, I listen to it once when she applied for the job I just you know I like to see what people are up to and I started listening to it and instantly i really enjoyed it because they really deep dived the sec um so on tuesdays uh mondays uh, this this is gonna be on tuesday hopefully uh for the next few weeks through football season it's gonna be on mondays um uh, her uh, madison and peers they're going to um drop a special episode recap um of uh, the weekend's uh college football exploits and a lot of that is just like full transparency you know what we do at the podcast i'm recording on monday I'm editing on Tuesday. Um, and then, um, you know, we're about to start doing The Bachelorette again, and I'm going to be recapping that on Wednesday. The front end of the week, I just don't have a lot of bandwidth to, to discuss stuff. And, you know, part of uh, what Jason, Andre and I have talked about is, you know, when we get to that Friday episode, we feel like we're part recapping what happened a week ago and previewing what's about to happen. So it's this hard middle ground of wanting to acknowledge what's going on in the sports world, but not have it cannibalize the whole thing to where, you know, we're working like six or seven days in behind. So um, Madison Peer, are going to step in and kind of handle some of that recap load. They're going to recap um, the weekend in college football and talk about the good and the bad and the ugly, what's going on um, in sports in a way that we're just, like right now, I'm not equipped to be able to do. So um, you're in super capable hands because they're very knowledgeable. Um, I, I distinctly remember listening to um, Bragg and uh I guess the episode before the first week of college football, and they were talking about how the Florida State-Notre Dame game was going to be super close, and I was like, that's so stupid. Like They're so wrong, and I, I bet accordingly, and they were dead on. They were really um, excellently right on that. So I started listening uh, to them and really taking their advice uh, to heart because they really know what they're talking about. Um, they do their research, and they are going to be super capable shepherds um, and guides um, to what uh, the most important things that happened in the weekend before. So um, we're going to leave you in their very capable hands at the beginning of the week. Then we'll be back at the end of the week. Um, I'll be on Survivor on Thursday again. Um, and then Friday, uh, Jason, Andre, and myself will be back um, for our Over Under Chiefs episode. Again, uh, seriously, like, um, I'm really sorry uh, that we had some hiccups. You know, um, w- We try as much as we can to be super consistent. Um, it really was one of those once in a blue moon situations where... Um, e- look, I've I've, I've uh, recorded with strep. Um, I've recorded with pneumonia. I've recorded... Um, with sickness before. That's not a big deal. Um, It's the fever. I've never really recorded with a fever and that's a whole nother thing um, because as it turns out, you're not as um, uh, capable and competent when you're uh, podcasting with a fever. So, um, you know, hopefully that won't show up in some of the podcast recordings I did uh, that we banked. But, um, you know, going forward, um, hopefully we'll be good to go. There won't be any other interruptions because I got about 684 hours of sleep this week. So I'm feeling real fresh, feeling real good. uh, And we're ready to tackle the rest of the football season. So that is it for for this weekend uh, drop in again thank you so much for your grace and patience um out there stay safe gamble responsibly always bet the over and we'll see you next time